After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the older Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. He is risen. Please stand.
Happy Easter! You may be seated. Welcome to worship on this resurrection morning. If you are visiting with us for the first or second time, we'd like to invite you to stop by the bright orange wall that you passed on your way in this morning. And we'd love to hear any questions that you might have. We'd love to get to know you. So with that, would you please pray with me? Gracious Lord, we thank you for welcoming us home into your arms of love today. You show us, Jesus, that from the sorrow of Good Friday, when all hope seemed lost, to the joyful hope of this day of resurrection, that with you, all things are possible. Thank you that in your amazing love, you chose to become our righteousness, our source of forgiveness, our hope, all through the sacrificial gift of your saving love. And we confess we need what you alone can give. So in joy and gratitude, we pray. As you have died for our sin, Jesus, today would you also raise us up with you to begin a new life washed clean by your love. Help us to be refreshed in hope as new creations in your grace today. To God alone be the glory, for it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Our service continues with the reading of Scripture. The reading today is from Peter's first letter to the church, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4a. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The word of the Lord. Well, hey kids, happy Easter. I am so glad that you're here to celebrate with us this morning, but I want to make sure you know why we're celebrating. The real reason we celebrate Easter is because of what happened to Jesus on that first Easter Sunday morning 2,000 years ago. So to represent Jesus today, I have this bright, brand new shiny penny. So picture in your minds that this is Jesus. Now, two days ago on Good Friday, we remembered that Jesus died on the cross. It was a very sad day for Jesus' disciples. You see, they had put all of their hope in Jesus. They thought that he was going to be their new king and set them free from the Romans and that they were going to get to have a big part in his new kingdom. But when Jesus died on the cross, all those hopes died with him. Now, after Jesus died, a man named Joseph asked Pontius Pilate for Jesus' body so that they could give it a proper burial. So I'm going to take our penny and I'm going to put it in this envelope here marked grave clothes because they wrapped Jesus' body in the grave clothes and sealed them shut. So I'm gonna seal our envelope shut. Next, they took Jesus' wrapped body and they placed it in a tomb, which is like a big cave. So I'm gonna place our grave clothes envelope inside a tomb envelope and seal that shut as well. Just like they sealed Jesus' body in that tomb. Jesus was all alone in that tomb. And then they rolled a huge stone in front of the entrance. 
So I'm gonna take our tomb envelope and I'm gonna put that in a stone envelope and we'll seal that shut. Jesus' body was sealed in the grave clothes, in the tomb, and behind the stone. But even with all of that, Pilate still ordered that two guards be placed in front of the tomb so that no one could get in or out. So I'm gonna take our stone envelope and place it in this guard's envelope. Two days passed. And I'm sure those guards probably got really bored. But then something incredible happened. An angel appeared and frightened the guards away. So I'm gonna take our envelope back out. Then the earth began to shake and the stone was rolled away. So I'm gonna open our stone envelope. The tomb was open again. So let's open our tomb envelope. Then some friends of Jesus came to anoint his body but they discovered that the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was open, so they went inside to look for Jesus. And you know what they found? Let's see. There was nothing. The grave clothes were empty. The tomb was empty. And do you know why? Because Jesus was alive. His friends were very scared and confused. But then an angel appeared to them and said this, Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said what happened. And now go quickly and tell his disciples he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. So that's exactly what the women did. And just as the angel promised... Jesus appeared to them and to many other people to prove that he is alive. No guards and no grave could keep Jesus locked away. And that is a truth worth celebrating. Jesus' story did not end in death and neither will ours. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for what you came to do for us, to die on the cross but we thank you that your story did not end there. Our hope is alive because you are alive. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone. Well, thank you, Britta, for sharing the Easter story with us. We could all stand. We're going to sing that same story.
Well, it is said that the average person can live for about 40 days without food. Maybe three or four days at most without water. 
no more than a few minutes without air. But how long can someone live without hope? Hope is a powerful force. One of the most powerful things in the universe, as a matter of fact, of the three things that Scripture tells us will remain, faith, hope, and love, hope falls squarely in the middle. It's brought people into amazing places, motivated people to do great things. But in its absence, when hope is lacking, well, there are real consequences for the human spirit. There are real consequences for real people, body, soul, spirit, and mind. That was certainly the case for those first followers of Jesus. Three days after the crucifixion, two of those disciples decided to head out from Jerusalem. They left it all behind and made their way west on a road towards a small village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles away, really only about a two-hour walk, but I imagine this walk took a lot longer as these two disciples reminisced, shared, grieved together what they had experienced and seen. They shared stories about their life with Jesus. I'm sure those stories were filled also with laughter as well as with tears. But then they had to come to those last three days, to the brutality of his crucifixion, to the pain of what the future might mean or might not mean. What did it all mean by that point? And along at that time, a stranger showed up and started to walk along with them as they discussed, and he had some questions to ask. From Luke chapter 24, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But we had hoped. Have you heard yourself saying those words in the last three years? Maybe you've said them in the last three months or three weeks or even the last three days. Sometimes over simple things like, oh, we had hoped that Easter would be a little warmer this year. Or we had hoped that the price of gas would come down so travel wouldn't be so expensive. Oh, we had hoped that we'd be able to make our way out to our grandson's little league game. But then there are those deeper hopes, those deeper places of disappointment. We had hoped that we would have more time with Grandpa. We had hoped that we wouldn't have lost our jobs at such a bad time. We had hoped that the pregnancy test would come back positive this time or that the biopsy would come back negative. We had hoped that that storm would spare our dear friend's farm 
or that the storm of this economy would have spared our startup business. We had hoped that this round of chemo would finally slow down the spread. We had hoped that our broken marriage could be healed. Real hopes and real disappointments that sometimes are attached to those things. It's real life. And depending on the circumstances, you may be able to add to that list. But here's the thing. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think we have a fair share of heart sickness going on in our society right now. Hopes and dreams, ambitions, things that people had hoped would have come to pass that still haven't. And those things accumulate over time. Another translation of that phrase, hope deferred, says this, unrelenting disappointment. Anybody experience some of that unrelenting disappointment? Folks who could say that, well, the hits just keep on coming. Well, over time, we start to lessen our hopes then, don't we? We start to hope in lesser things, things that seem a little bit more trivial. <laughs> oh, I hope I win the lottery. Oh, I, I hope this vacation that we're going to go on is going to fix everything. Oh, I hope the liquor store is still open. <laughs> I hope my troubles don't follow me to the next town after this move. Here's the thing. Hoping in lesser things has us hoping less and less and less and less until we become hopeless. But hoping in lesser things is a reality that's not built on Jesus. Because when we hope on anything less, it's just fantasies or escapism or wishful thinking. And those things always disappoint. When those disciples were walking along that road to Emmaus, they knew about their hopes and they knew about their disappointment. We had hoped that Jesus was the one we had hoped that things would have turned out. We had hoped. But then they crucified him. And our hopes died. But about that time, that stranger who had been walking with them had some more things to share. And he said this. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. This stranger begins to remind these disciples that God's version of hope doesn't rest on our expectations, it's not built on our expectations. It's not built on our sound system either, but that's okay. It's not built on our expectations. It's built on something different, something rich. In fact, God builds hope on something very different. God's kind of hope is something we need to hear and see and touch. It's tangible. And without it, we're left 
hopeless. But that kind of hope, that kind of hope that God brings, that kind of hope requires a miracle. The kind of miracle that only God can bring. It's only God who can. Graves into gardens, seas into highways, bones into armies, beauty for ashes, mourning to dancing. These are all miraculous stories of hope out of hopelessness that come from the scriptures, the same scriptures that this stranger was sharing with those disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's the story of Israel standing at the shores of the Red Sea where all hope seems lost as the Egyptian army closes in on them. It looks like death is imminent, but then God miraculously creates a dry way right through the middle of the sea for them to pass through. It's the story of the prophet 
Ezekiel, his vision where he looks out and sees a valley filled with nothing but death, dry bones as far as the eye could see, and wondering to himself, is there any way that these bones could live? And God miraculously brings those bones back to life and shapes them into an army. It's the longing of the prophet Isaiah who says that God will provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. That's the kind of hope that this stranger was reminding those disciples of. But here's the thing, this wasn't just any stranger, and this wasn't just any day. Because you see, as they continued on their journey, they stopped, pulled over to the side of the road, and had a meal. And while they were at that meal, this stranger took some bread that he had, and he gave thanks for it, and he broke it, and he handed it to those disciples, and in that moment, they could see it was Jesus. He was alive. And because he was alive, their hope was now alive. In an instant, in a miracle, that which had seemed lost was now found. That which seemed dead was now alive. Jesus, and he had been with them on the entire road, hearing every story, feeling every pain, knowing every heartache. He had been right there with them on this road road. So my friends, today my question for you is this. What road are you on? What does your road look like and sound like today? I'm sure it's different for every person in this room. But I know that for some people your road today, well, it might be a road of despair. It might be a road where the hopes that have been disappointed for so long, have just culminated into a place where you have a heart that is despairing today. Or maybe you're on the road of doubt. Maybe you're here this morning going, you know what, I don't know that I believe all of this. I'm not sure this really makes any sense to me. I'm just not sure. Maybe you're on a road of depression. <laughs> I've been on that road. It's a hard road. Maybe you're on the road of addiction. Maybe you're on the road of illness, be it physical or spiritual or mental or emotional. Or maybe you're afraid that today you might be on the road to divorce. Or you're dealing with being on the road of loneliness. Fill in the blank for yourself. What road are you on today? There are all kinds of different roads that we find ourselves on and that we walk in our journey but here's the thing, whatever road you are walking on, Jesus knows it. And today, he's caught up with you. He's caught up with you. He's found you there. He's met you there. Because today is Easter Sunday, just like it was for those first disciples. 
And today is the day that, that Jesus catches up with us on the road, whatever that road is and wherever it has taken us, whether it's taken us a far distance away or just a short journey, whatever that road is, Jesus has found you. You are not lost and hope is not lost either. Because Jesus is alive. And he will meet you right in that place wherever you are today. And he wants to become your living hope. A hope that is built on something solid. And if you're wondering whether that's true, listen to me, my friends. God is still working. The Spirit is still moving. The church is still standing, and you're still breathing. And as long as those things are happening, there's a chance for hope to become alive for you. Today, right now, in this place, it's resurrection time. And if you feel like your hope is lost or your hope is dead, it's time for a resurrection of your hope as well. Your hope can come to life today because Jesus has come to life and he wants to give you that life himself and with it comes hope there's a word for you today from God's word it's not my word it's God's word it's from Romans 15 verse 13 and it's just one verse and if you take anything away, take this verse away today. Maybe memorize it. Maybe put it on your desktop or, or mount it to your refrigerator or put it on your dashboard or put it someplace where you can see it because this is that word. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. That's God's word for us today. It's Paul's word spoken 2,000 years ago, and it's as fresh today as it was then, because it's a promise to us. It's something that God can do that we can't do. It's just a gift we receive, but it's as real now as it was then, because Jesus is still alive today, and that hope is still alive, and so that promise is still alive. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Joy and peace are byproducts of that hope as you trust in him. Trust, that word trust, well, it's synonymous with faith. Because faith and hope go right hand in hand together. You see, here's the thing, though. People can have hope and not have faith. There are all kinds of things that people hope for that might not have any grounding in faith. And, and those hopes sometimes come true and oftentimes disappoint because, like I said before, they're just fantasies. They're just wishes. They're just dreams. They're not built on anything solid and tangible, something you can hear and see and touch. That requires faith. But when we have faith, we can't not have hope. When we have faith in Jesus... That hope becomes ours because we know that this life isn't the end and we know that death doesn't have the last word. That's the kind of hope that we can build on. That's the kind of faith that will keep us going 
in times that seem so chaotic and so difficult and sometimes so hopeless. We, as God's people, are not amongst those who live life without hope. We have a source for our hope. And it's not something that we have to strive to get. It's something we just have to open our hands and our hearts to receive. It's real hope. It's God's hope. And I want to pray this hope for us right now. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, wherever we are, whether we're in this room whether we're in the sanctuary next door or whether we're at home on our couch, whatever place it is that we are today, Lord, we know we're on a road. We know we're on a journey, Lord. And we just want to be honest about that journey with you today. That whatever that journey is for us today, Lord, we trust in you and we know that you understand because you have not abandoned us. You have not left us. You are walking alongside of us And even when we don't see you, you are there. Lord, help us to trust in you. Give us that gift of faith. Give us that miracle today, Lord. A miracle of trusting in you beyond all circumstances. Past everything that our mind wants to tell us, Lord. Instead, we trust in your word We trust in you, Jesus, in the person of who you are and what you have done for us. Jesus, I believe you are alive, and because you are alive, hope is alive. God of hope, we trust in you. Fill us now with joy and peace by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can overflow with hope. Amen? Amen.